it's the end of my series on righteousness that um, entitled God is absolutely right, always. He's always right. And um, I, want, I want to stir your thinking tonight with a couple things just to start out with. Um, the Bible says that the Bible is clear, and, it's, and, and the Bible actually says this in different ways five times in the New Testament. And, it, and it, not exactly the way I'm going to word it. It says it once this way. But it says it, 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 um, it, it is implied four other times in, in, in different ways, but it's saying the same thing, and it's this. That persecution comes because of the word. And the reason it does is because the word is right. Okay? Um, how many ever heard of the, the, the uh, fast food restaurant McDonald's? <laughs> That's a stupid question, right? <clears throat> Everybody's heard of McDonald's. Um, you don't have to raise your hand, but how, how, many, how many like McDonald's? Like I said, you don't have to raise your hand. Um, McDonald's, uh, I, I, had the, I had the real privilege years ago to meet not the actual founder of McDonald's, because the founder of McDonald's was the McDonald's brothers. And a guy named Ray Kroc, who's named after the Kroc Center here in town, he, uh, he, sold, he sold milkshake mixers. And he sold them to Mc, the McDonald's brothers. They had two locations in Southern California. And... Um, and the, the McDonald's brothers hired Ray Kroc because he was so enthusiastic and had so much vision about milkshake mixers. They said, we want you to come on board. So he, they hired Ray Kroc to work for them in their two McDonald's stores, but all they had vision for was two stores. They didn't have vision for anything else. And so long story short, Ray Kroc bought them out, and the rest is history. But... Um, in, in 1974, in the state of New Mexico, McDonald's had a, um, they started a McDonald's golf tournament. <laughs> and the first annual McDonald's stroke uh, or uh, match play golf tournament in New Mexico is the first state that had these McDonald's tournaments. They, they're still going on, but they got really popular in the early 80s. And um, they were professional tournaments, but they, they, they didn't have a lot of tour players. They just had a lot of, you know, and some, some of this may not make any sense to anybody, but, um, but it, ha it, it had golf professionals that were professionals at country clubs and golf courses around, like the three, country, the three golf courses here in Kerrville have golf professionals at those clubs that don't actually play on the big tour that you, see, that you can see on TV. And, um, and so it was for club professionals, this golf tournament was. And 
My father won the first annual McDonald's golf tournament. And it was, it was on, on the biggest magazine in America for golf. My dad, was his picture was on the front cover of, that, of, that, of Golf Digest, 19-whatever it was. And, and in, in match play golf, um, you, you, you play head-to-head against an individual. And then it's the process of elimination and until it's down to two people. And the two people in the first annual McDonald's match play golf tournament in the state of New Mexico, which is the first state that had these tournaments, it was my, my, my dad playing against my uncle. <laughs> and so the front page of the Golf Digest said, Big Brother beats up on Little Brother. <laughs> Well, I was caddying for my dad. This was 19, I was 16, 17 years old, whatever age I was. Maybe, how old was I? 74. I was 15. So I was caddying for my dad. And the last day of the tournament, on the last five holes, Ray Kroc and his wife followed the the group. and, uh, And I got to ride in the golf cart with Ray Kroc real privilege you know that Ray Kroc died first and then when Ray when Mrs. Kroc passed she left a billion dollars to the Salvation Army and that's how those things are in operation there's 28 of them in the United States and Ray Kroc had a vision And what he did is he won the hearts of Americans. How? How did he win the hearts of Americans? How, how do you, how, what, what comes to your mind when you think of McDonald's? What, what? Yeah, 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 Happy Meals. I mean, that, that's good. But how many remember the original song that everybody sang? Huh? But, but the original song, how, how many remember the original song? You remember? Yeah. The original song about, how does it go? At McDonald's, like you do it my way or something? You deserve a break today, whatever, yeah, that's what it was. You deserve a break today at McDonald's. And that song drew people in to convince them to eat something that's killing them. (laughs) Anybody ever watch the Super Sizer video? (laughs) Uh, That guy went 30 days eating McDonald's and almost killed himself. I didn't tell you, eat at McDonald's or you wherever you went to. This isn't against McDonald's. God bless Ray Kroc, and I really, I had to tell you that story so you'd be impressed. <clears throat> so, but that man, that day when they, were, when they interviewed him, they talked to him, they said, he won the hearts of Americans through that song. You deserve a break today. And you know what? Everybody said, I do. 
<laughs> and so we're going to stop off and eat a Big Mac. And those fries that look so perfect even when they're cold. And the studies say that if you drop a McDonald's french fry down your seat, the ants won't go after it. They won't touch it. If you drop a piece of lettuce down there, they'll go all over that thing, but not a french fry. So if the ants won't go after those fries, I don't even know why I'm telling you that. <clears throat> I just thought you might want to know. It's free. That's right. It's all free. But through a song, he convinced people. Now, you, you get what I'm saying. Don't, don't go off. I mean, you know, eat a Big Mac or whatever. You know, whatever. Eat whatever you want to eat. I'm just saying. A song, an advertisement convinced people to do something that was not right. And it's caused a lot of heartache in people's bodies and things as a result of making meals and eating day after day after day this stuff that's not right. But we were convinced. People were convinced. I was convinced. I ate McDonald's forever. But what it did is, is something that wasn't right drew all kinds of people to it. And you know what? I don't know about you, but when you eat a Big Mac and a fry and a Coke, you feel like really comfortable. <laughs> and you can think about them, and you can think about those salty fries. Oh, my gosh. You just like, you just like your mind's drawn to it. Your body just can crave that stuff. The more you eat it, the more you eat it. And the more you want it. You know what I'm saying? You, 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 can, but you can believe that something's good that's not good because it's not right. And when something's not right necessarily, it can, it can cause numbers to gravitate to it. But the Bible says when you stand for what's right, there's persecution involved in it. Because it's not easy. Things that, things that are right. And God, in the series that I've taught, God is always right. He, he never misses. He, he, he's never missed it, and He never misses it. Everything He's ever said is right. It's absolutely right. And we can be, think that something is so good and so right, and it'd be absolutely wrong. And the only thing that reveals to us what is right is the Word revealed by the person of the Holy Spirit. Everything Jesus did was right because He only did what He heard from the Father. Father's true. Everything Father says is right. Everybody else is a liar, right? The Bible says so. So if that's true, then what my life has to be centered around is doing what's right and doing what's absolutely right and not allowing things that aren't right to remain 
Everybody's got stuff in their head, their lives, things that aren't totally right and we've put up and tolerated and all these kind of things. But God wants us living our lives where we're extracting those things from our life on purpose because we want to, because we want to live in what's right. As I was praying earlier, as I, as I was praying and speaking earlier as I was walking up here, I just kept seeing I kept hearing the word deception. People are made to believe that terror is, more, is, is larger and more real. Terror and fear is more real than faith in who God says He is. I just kept hearing that. And oppression is the result and depression is the result of paying attention to thoughts and ideas that go contrary to what God says is true. See? If any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away, and behold, everything is brand new right now. And we've been made the righteousness of God in Christ because of what he did. So I'm right. And so, listen, no matter what you do in life, no matter how hard you work at something, the more you compare yourself and compete against other people in situations, the less you're going to feel about yourself. See, because that's not what God measures your life by in your comparison to the next person. See, if I'm an apple and Josh is an orange, I'm going to always be, if I'm, if I'm constantly in this comparison war, I'll be constantly comparing my dull red to his fluorescent orange. Well, I'm just not bright enough. Well, I just don't do things as bright as Josh does because he's so orange and he's so this and, and my dull red, you know, and sometimes there's a worm sticking out of me and sometimes, it, you know, I, I'm just a, a dead worm because I'm comparing an apple and an orange. See, in that comparison war that we live in in our society, it's twisted and the enemy's got us to believe that kind of stuff. And so, so our comparison isn't to him. See, my mark is him. But if I don't know how to hear his voice and I don't know how to take his word and make that become real, then my comparison can't be to what he says I am. See, I am right in Christ Jesus. See? But my value is not based on comparing to what someone else is doing. But if I don't do what's right, I'm not going to reap. But that doesn't change how God sees you. He values you whether you do it or not. You have a worth in Him whether you do what's right or not. He called you righteous even if you don't do that. Why? Because He remained faithful and He fulfilled that righteousness as a man. So that now I could be right because He was right. See? So the more we get into comparison wars, see? and we compare ourselves to other people, the less we feel about ourselves, and then what happens as a result of that? Man, then you're just angry at everybody. Yeah. You want to kick everybody, huh? spit on them. Just mad. Just, you don't even know what's wrong. I don't know. Just mad. Do you see what so-and-so did? No. I don't even know what they did, but it just makes me mad. Just mad. So, In the last 
14 and a half minutes of this message, <laughs> I'm going to give you seven, actually, actually, seven core beliefs that you need to work out. The way I'm going to say these are not, are not necessarily what your confession needs to be, but these seven core beliefs, you need to believe that you're doing these things and that you're developing these things in your life. Seven of them. And I'm going to give you a scripture, a scripture to go with each one of them. Number one, I can change and be what God says I am and along with that is, I am not a victim. I am not a victim. I can change and be what God says I can be, and I am not a victim. God liberated me from, from, being, from being a victim or being victimized. He liberated me. Nobody can touch me. The wicked one cannot touch you when you're in Christ Jesus. So I can change in my thinking that can be twisted at times, and I can be what God created me to be today, right now, today. Everybody say today. Because today is now. See, three weeks from now is still now to God. It's not three weeks to God. It's part of one day. So if the rest of your life started right now, Okay? And you lived a day, you'd live a thousand years in, in God's terms. So I can do this, I can make these changes, I can be liberated from being a victim right now, today, in Jesus' name. Can you say amen? First Peter 1, 13 through 16. First Peter 1 starting with verse 13. Therefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, and rest your hope fully upon the grace that is to be brought to you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. And as obedient children, say, I'm obedient. Right now. Right now. You know, and, and these, these are things, these are, this is a process that you've got to establish and build on the inside of you and hear yourself saying these kind of things. I am obedient because I am changing. Where I've been disobedient, you're not denying the fact that you've not been disobedient in certain areas, but today I'm obedient. Right now I'm obedient. It's more than, it's more than it being today, it's right now. I'm obedient now. I'm empowered to be obedient now. Not conforming myself to the former lust as in your ignorance. I'm not ignorant. I'm not ignorant. Someone shout amen. Thank God, Pastor Bird is not ignorant. No, everybody. Everybody now, I am not ignorant. Hmm? We're not stupid people. I mean, I'm looking at smart people that are intelligent because of who's inside of them. We're not ignorant. 
But he, but as he who called you is holy, you also be holy in all of your conduct. Because as it is written, be holy for I am holy. See, I can change where I'm, where, where the enemy lies to you and tell you, well, you know, you're unholy because of this. Okay? I'm not denying the fact that I did this, but I'm holy because he says I'm holy. Amen? I'm holy. And, and I, I can change, and I don't have to be a victim, and I don't have to stay in the messes that I've been in, and I can come out of that. I can do it. You and I can do all things through Christ who is our strength. Number two, Romans 12, 2, I can and I do control my thoughts. I can and I do control my thoughts. Romans 12, where's Romans? Here it is. Romans 12 and 2, and I'm going to read it in the Amplified. Do not be conformed to this world, this age, fashioned after and adapted to its external superficial customs, but be transformed, changed by the entire renewal of your mind, by its new ideals and its new attitudes, so that you, so that I may prove to myself what is good and acceptable and perfect, the perfect will of God, even the thing which is good and acceptable and perfect in His sight. So see, I don't want to be, I don't want to, allow twisted thinking to tell me what I think is right because there's a way that seems right, it's not right. See, God is right. See, I'm I'm not going to... One of the things that happens when you speak the truth about something is you're you're not busy trying to lure people into a french fry. And And... Don't anybody leave here tonight like I'm being critical of McDonald's, okay? I'm just making a point. Can everybody kind of bear witness to what I'm saying? Okay? okay? And, and, and I heard the owner himself, years and years ago, make that comment in front of all these people, you know? That they've, we've been successful from a song. I don't know about you, but that just makes me really think about what I'm listening to. How's that song go? You. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we do it all for you. You deserve a break. I, I can't get it right, but anyway. We'll go pull it up on iTunes. Surely it's on there. Find some rapper singing it. <clears throat> but... um. But knowing, see, when, when, you, when you're living the truth and speaking the truth, then what you say, you just leave it and you let it lay and you let it affect people. You don't have to work it. So you don't have to work the word. We're, we're commanded to do the word, not work it. Well, you know, we gotta, we gotta, we gotta. No, we don't have to do that. You talk the word you begin to believe the word, and as a result, you do it. See, it's not, I have to do it. I'm privileged to be able to do it. I get to do what's right. And there's no law to how much right you can do. No, 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 you've done too much. No. No, we can do as much right as the word says we can do. 
And we got to be busy doing that. And taking these core beliefs and applying them to our lives is key. Now remember this. You've heard me say this before. I've heard this said many times by other people. But this is very important. My thoughts control how I feel. My feelings control my emotions. My emotions control my attitudes and my beliefs. And my attitudes and beliefs control my actions. I'm going to say it again. My thoughts control how I feel, which controls my emotions, which then controls my attitudes and beliefs, which then controls my actions. There's a scripture in, in Acts Seventeen and verse twenty eight. For in him I live and I move and I have my being. In him I live and I move and I have my being. So in him I control my emotions, my my, uh, thoughts that control my feelings that control my emotions, that control my attitudes and beliefs, that cause my actions to be pleasing to Him. Because I live and I move and I have my being in Him. And the last part of that verse says this, for we are also His offspring. Yikes. The whole other thing we could talk about, we don't have time. Man, that's awesome. Number four, and, and this is a core belief that you have to have. And listen, I can't tell you how important this is. You, you might hear what I'm going to say right here and you think, no, well, what does that have to do with it? What does that have to do with it? It has everything to do with it. And it's this. I have long-lasting and fulfilling relationships with people. And not just people that like what you like. I have long-lasting and fulfilling relationships even with people that grate on me. See, because Jesus, Jesus came to bring, the Bible says he came to bring a sword. That sounds bloody. But you know, in actuality, what he came to bring was the word. See, when, when it says, well, he didn't come to do this. I mean, I've heard people preach it that way, and I'm thinking, what are you talking about? He didn't come to cut people. Only per, the one person in, in his entourage that tried to cut someone, and, and they did, they cut someone's ear off, he put it back on and said, we don't, we don't, we didn't, we're not doing that. He didn't bring a sword to cut people's heads off. He brought a sword of the word. Right? And you and I, in relationships that we have, the wor- we need the word from one another. And sometimes you need the word coming from people a little bit more than what you need to give out at the moment so that you can get built up so you can be in a position where you can give out when people need it more than they need to give it out. And these long-lasting relationships are vital. And you know where this comes from? And this is just the verse that, that, that to me relates to this. And this is, this, remember, this is a core belief and a core value that you need working in your life to live in what's right 
You have to have relationships that grate on your emotions. Well, Pastor, I don't believe that. Well, 10 years from now, come and talk to me about it. As you dodge all those relationships, come talk to me in 10 years and tell me how it's going. It ain't. Or you're living in a cave somewhere. Or on a deserted island where it's just you and the beach. If there's more than two people around, there's going to be differences. Where did I tell you to go? I didn't. Well, y'all figured out. <laughs> Matthew 22. I've got six minutes left. Matthew 22 and 36. Teacher, which is the great commandment in the law? Jesus said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. This is the first and the great commandment. And the second is like it. It's compared to it. You shall love your neighbor as you love yourself. On these two commandments hang everything that the Bible says. If these don't work, nothing works. And you know how you love your neighbor? Not trying to put up with his junk. You love your neighbor when you know how much God has loved you. And when, that, when how much God has loved you has overtaken your heart, then you're able to turn and love your neighbor. So when you're not loving your neighbor, you're not living and experiencing the fullness of how much God has loved you. It just, it, it, that just needs, in my life today, that is a, that is a, um, a reminder to me that when I'm not loving someone else, I'm not walking in the fullness of the love of God. The fullness of the love of, uh, that God has for me. Because when I'm walking in the fullness, then what I see through is forgiveness and compassion. And I, I can tolerate people's junk and their immaturity and their stuff that they have or issues or, or whatever it is that's trying to lie to me and tell me, you know, those people are just this way. Most of the time, they're not that way. Most of the time, it's not how you think it is. It's the devil lying to you. And we can't allow that twisted thinking to rule in our minds. Number five. I am and will prosper. I am prospering and I will prosper all the days of my life. Philippians 4.19 For my God shall supply all of my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. My God shall supply all of my need according to His riches and glory by Christ Jesus. His riches and glory. Number six. <clears throat> and it's found in John 15, 11, if you'll put that up so I can get there quick. Number six is, I am happy. Everybody put a smile on your face. I'm happy. Come on, look at your neighbor and say, you look happy. I know, I know we, we don't like to do that all the time, looking at someone else. <clears throat> God wants us to look happy until we become happy. Well, anyway, happy, I'm happy, and I'm fulfilled. John 15, 11. These things I have spoken to you that my joy, my joy, or the word I used, happy there, happiness, or uh, remain in you, and that my joy will be full. 
So joy and happiness and fulfillment rule in my life. Not will, not will someday, but they rule in my life. I have to make that a part of myself. I have to purpose I'm going to live a happy, a joy-filled life, and in that joy and that happiness, I'm going to live fulfilled. You know why? Because I'm not in the comparison war. I don't allow myself in the comparison and competition war to be what somebody else is being. God doesn't want you to be, you can learn from people and, 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 and have a passion for things that other people have, but you don't want to live in the comparison war because you'll constantly feel worse about yourself. I don't know how many people come to me and tell me, you know, I, I just feel this way. And I said, why? Ah, you know, I saw this on social media. I said, well, fast social media for a while. If it's, tr- if, if, you know, I mean, very few people on social media put the worst thing that's happened in their day. So it's the best thing, biggest thing, all this stuff. And, and I thank God for it because we can put stuff out there. We can put the word out there and positive things. I just put a quote out there today. I saw this picture, and I thought, hey, I'm going to just put something to that. You know? So I, just, I, I looked at that, and, and, and I've been teaching on fear, and so it was a fear quote, just a quote that I've kind of developed and, and, and put out there. And I thought, man, you know, that's a, that's a good thought. See, and, it, and it's not saying that I don't ever struggle with fear. I'm just saying you can put things out there where people are focusing on, on the positive end and what you can do and what you can overcome. And, and that's a good thing. But, but don't get out there and start comparing yourself with how big or how much or how this or that. Or everybody, everybody's doing That comparison war will kill you. I'm telling you, it'll take you down. And you begin to feel worse and worse and worse and worse about yourself. You've got to see yourself in the light of this. See, so that what you put out there and what you see other people doing, you get to a place where you can rejoice with what's the good things that are happening to other people. See, so you're not intimidated. But until you're in that place, sometimes you got to fast things like that to get past it so you can get on top of it so then you can be effective with it. Amen? Happy and fulfilled. And number seven, found in Ephesians 4.1. I can... And I will be the difference in my world. I can and I will be the difference in my world. And you got to tell yourself that all the time. I can be the difference and I am being the difference in my world today. In the name of Jesus. With everybody around me. Because your world and my world are totally different. People you come in contact and the people I come in contact with are totally different. God wants you to be the difference. And I just like these real small six verses. Listen to him. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called. Everybody has a different calling. With all lowliness and gentleness, with long suffering, bearing with one another in love, endeavoring to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. And I could go on with that for a long, long time. There's one body and one spirit, just as you were called in one hope of your calling. One Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. But verse 4, or or verse 3, endeavoring to keep the unity of the spirit in the bond of peace. Listen to me, and I'm just going to say this as I end tonight. I've seen a lot of people pass from this life to the next in the last four months. 
Lots of people. A friend of mine that been a friend of mine for over 30 years, early 60s, gone. And one of the things that I see in so many cases of people leaving prematurely is because of the condition of their heart. Because when there's twisted thinking in the head and it affects the heart, then it causes bitterness to be there and it's like a cancer. And it just affects your body. And I just, I, I'm seeing things, you know, I'm seeing family wars in some of these situations that are going on. When my mom passed a few weeks back, we, last week we had her, her going home service and, and all my family was there. And there was unity and harmony and peace. And the day I got born again, over 37 years ago, nobody was saved. Nobody. Nobody. Not one of us. And today, everybody sitting around that table, except for a few kind of out, you know, extended family members, all of, my, all of my personal family are born again. And there was the spirit of unity and harmony and oneness, and we're getting better and we're getting closer at this passing. There's not bickering and fighting and who gets this and, you know, I wanted that and, you know, and stealing and cheating and hitting each other. And I mean, what, I mean I, and, and, and some of these other people that I've seen pass, there's just horrible things going on. Why? Because they've never been taught to live in that place of righteousness. They've never been taught how to do what's right or they didn't embrace it and receive it and apply it. you got to work at it. <laughs> hmm? you got to work at it. Because in your family, there's some unlovely people at times. And you're one of them sometimes in your family. There's some times that things get stirred up. we got to work at it. And i just tell you today, this is my eighth confession. I am keeping the bond of unity in all of my family. In my wife's family, in my family, I don't care. I mean, you know, and there's times it doesn't look real pretty, but we're going to keep it. We're going to fight for it to the end because people need to see examples, and they need to see examples in your life, and, and we gotta, we got to go after this. So take those seven core values and apply those and confess those and declare those every day that they're now in your life. Not something that will be, but they're now. Amen? And it makes a difference on the inside, even though at times it can stir up stuff. We're here to be the difference. Amen? Amen. Father, we thank you tonight.